If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Well, what the league has put forward is we're going to carry some extra practice squad players, and uh, we're just going to make sure that you know every, we're going to have 69 players between the practice squad and uh, the 53 active guys that we can interchangeable on, on a weekly basis. So we're just going to make sure that everybody's going to have to be ready and, and, and all hands on deck. That's Jack GM Dave Caldwell on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Uh, that is on Rule 4.5 WOKV. And interesting note there about the practice squad going up to 16 players. It used to be seven, went up to 10, now it's 16. And so in addition to that 53-man roster, you'll have a roster that's 69 players even after camp. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I think some of the restrictions on the back half of that, that 16, uh, the like 11 through 16, you know, there are certain restrictions. Some players are available or eligible for uh, the, the practice squad, and some players aren't, you know, once you've played in the league for a right. long enough time. Well, I don't think there will be those kind of restrictions on 11 through 16. So I think you can almost put anybody on there, at least the way I understand it. Uh, Jaguars have added more people to their reserve COVID-19 list, and it includes second-year right tackle Jawan Taylor. Uh, also includes first-year offensive line, lineman Ryan Pope. Now, again, we have to go through this together. Take a breath. <laughs> this, this is this does. Uh, I think there's a couple of things at work here. When we get these names, we're going to keep getting names on this list across the league, especially here in Jacksonville, because that's who we care about. But I, the, the, I've got to keep saying this, and I apologize, apologize for to you if uh, you've heard it so many times from me, but I did this on TV last night, too. Important to note that it does not mean a player tested positive. They could be in quarantine because they know somebody who had tested positive. Mm-hmm. So that's a distinction the team will not make. The player does not have to make. But the player can share if they want. Josiah Scott came on Twitter last night, the rookie fourth-round pick, and said, hey, I te- I had a negative test when I first came in. Since then, I've tested positive. He called it a false positive test, that first one, uh, and he kind of put a laughing emoji. He's like, it's all good. Yeah. You know, so it's up to the player if they want to do that. In this agreement between the NFL and the NFLPA, they basically said, we don't want the Ezekiel Elliott situation. If Ezekiel Elliott wants to come out and tell people that he tested positive, that's fine. But we don't want the agent, the team, reports, all this stuff of it. So we'll see if Jawan Taylor clarifies it. Doesn't have to. But he's on this list. And now what happens is you go into the the testing and the protocols and you have to take a couple more and you now have to test negative a couple of times to be able to continue on like everybody else is continuing on. I guess what this is not going to be alarming to me is my point uh, because we're so far away from games. Mm-hmm. You know, like when one Soto of the Nationals the day of the game tested positive. Well, it's a bit alarming if you're a Nationals fan or for the Nationals because, hey, it's game day. Mm-hmm. Well, that changes our lineup. It's one of our young, talented players. Changes everything. So I'm not saying it, it, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying it, I think we're going to see this a little bit. What's really interesting is when we do get closer to games in the NFL, do we see it? And when we get that report on a Sunday morning and it says three players have tested positive, can't play, 
well, that becomes ultra significant. Well, it becomes big time significant because keep in mind, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Brent, but if a player tests positive during the season, he's out in quarantine at least a minimum of three weeks, correct? I got to double check it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to say I'm pretty yes. sure. I don't, uh, I'm reading so much. Yeah, sure. That I, I, I'll have to double check. But, that. but you might be right. I'm pretty sure that that's what it stated. Where I don't know if, if it's you... a number of tests or a certain amount of time, because this okay. one is not a certain amount of time. Like, Correct. Now it's a number because of tests that you season. have to pass. Yeah, yeah, because they're not in the season. But I think when the season starts, it's different. Yeah, we'll, we'll find but, that. Out. We'll find it out. But so that could be super significant. Well, obviously. very significant, obviously, as well. And keep in mind, I mean. There is a little gamesmanship around it. So let's assume, for instance, that maybe that's not the way it is, or maybe it is even that way, and a player has a right to either say he's got COVID-19 or maybe a family member. Well, now we're talking gamesmanship, right? Because we know how coaches love not to reveal any kind of injuries, right? Like, especially Belichick, he always keeps it under wraps. Well, the last thing they're going to do now is say, well, he's got COVID-19. He's got COVID-19. No, because that way, you know, the team that you're going against can think, well, is he going to play because it's maybe a family member or a close friend, or is it himself? So there's a little gamesmanship now that I'm sure we're going to see down the line when the season starts regarding COVID-19 as well. Yeah, it's we're all learning along the way on what this all means and how it will be interpreted. I just think right now, expect some of this. We expect it a little bit with the rookies. I think we'll expect it with some of the testing that goes on with the veterans reporting. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's not anything to go, oh my gosh, Jawan Taylor's on the list. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not like you went on injured reserve and lost for the season. Uh, that's totally different. If we we're talking about Jawan Taylor opting out for the season, well, that changes the di- dynamic of the football team. I just think we have to keep it in perspective that we're going to see this early on. But I do think it's setting us up for, wow, what does this mean on a Saturday uh, in football season or Sunday morning in football season when something like this were to happen to your right tackle? Yeah. And now all of a sudden you have to go through that game. I'll tell you what, it's never been a more important time probably in the NFL to be on your P's and Q's as a backup yeah. in the NFL. So a little clarification, too. So NFL players go on IR for three weeks if they test positive for COVID-19. And that is during the season. Okay. And then, the, you know, the, that, that was the whole That's thing. That's that where short-term IR that they It's a short-term IR where either then you can come back after those three weeks pending, a, uh, uh, you know, that you're healthy, or else you can go on full-time IR. Remember, that was the whole thing we yeah, got yeah, into yeah. about where is it an injury designation or whatever? Yeah, so that's the rule. And And – to, you know, that is even can be confusing now, and it's changed over the years just from an injury standpoint. Guys can come back and play, much like Nick Foles did, right? He mm-hmm. went on IR, and he was able to be eligible to come off when he did mm-hmm. for the Jags. Uh, but you still – now, he could have been healthy enough to come off two weeks prior, but he couldn't. Yeah. Well, that's what you're saying. This one, you got three weeks, but you can't come back sooner than three weeks. Yeah. Is that what it says? This is according to ProFootballTalk.com when um, the NFL protocol was announced. Yes, yeah, so – it's amending that any player that reaches the IR designation from COVID-19 will sit a minimum of three weeks until that player tests negative. Even if a player does test negative, they are still required to sit the three weeks. Like I just said, the being a backup is, you know, listen, you can fall asleep as a backup, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to be like, well, I'm not playing this week. I don't think you can get away with that oh, this year. Oh, man, you better mind your P's and Q's now, Brent, you know, because, like, literally in the flip of a switch, it can change like that. You know, all of a sudden you can talk about three or four guys being out, and then that's for three straight weeks. So, yeah, not only are you a backup, but you can be a backup for weeks and weeks to come. Yeah, it, it's a good point. Mm-hmm. You know, the depth 
which obviously the Jags don't have a ton of, mm-hmm. is is kind of the roll of the dice here. The NFL isn't full of depth to begin with, but depth will be challenged in well, a big-time way. And that's why you kind of – if you can keep your fingers crossed and not have a bunch of tests during the season, well, that might be a break that other people in your division, mm-hmm. other teams that look better than you on paper – don't have the luxury of. They might fall into a bad luck category. I mean, it is going to be a bit of a crapshoot when it comes to that. You're not lying. And let's be honest here real quick. Like, how realistic right now is it for NFL teams to have their players, you know, like say, for instance, let's say like a Quincy Williams or let's say even a Shaq Quarterman. How realistic is it to teach these guys more than one spot? I I get it. They're young, and I understand that, and you want to kind of ease them into it. But let's just say all of a sudden we got two or three linebackers or two or three secondary guys that are out right now, and you got to plug and play somebody at the drop of a hat, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they're, they have guys, you know, practicing more than multiple positions now, just so they're ready, just in case the worst-case scenario happens. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, we should talk to Doug Marone later in the week, and maybe a good question for him. Yeah. You know, coaches like to cross-train anyway, but we always have these discussions. Can you cross-train too much? Of course, and now especially you're with a young, a young team. Young player. Yeah. So, uh oh, fascinating. You know, it's kind of interesting, you know, especially when you – like, yesterday, it's hard to – when we got the news yesterday, first of all, we're trying to dissect it. It might have been the worst 15 minutes of radio we've done on the show because I'm trying to figure out what the heck's going on. we got TV people calling me. i got everything going names on. Names are hard to pronounce. You can give us the, the worst possible names possible. Yeah, and so as you kind of – as we get used to this a little bit, even yesterday, like, okay – Luke Barku is supposed to be an undrafted free agent, and people say nice things about him, and you get, but how much is he going to impact the football team, right? Mm-hmm. Devon Hamilton, you figure he might play a little bit, third round pick. Yep. Josiah Scott, fourth round pick, but still, I'm not like, okay, this season is really all on Devon Hamilton and Josiah Scott. Sure. You bring today the name Jawan Taylor, and if we get some bigger names, which I assume we will at some point over the next six, six weeks. Mm-hmm. It kind of rings a little bit different, and you almost got to hit the brakes and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's, a, it's like, settle down. <laughs> uh, the, first of all, you're X amount of days away from the season. Yeah. Second of all, this is somewhat the norm mm-hmm. that is going to be soon enough. Uh, and uh, thirdly, it, it didn't change your football team for 2020 yet. Correct. Uh, but what we did just bring up is if, if September 12th or 13th, these kind of stories come out, which I assume they will to some teams, to this football team here in Jacksonville. And that player is Miles Jack, Joe Schobert, Gardner Minshew, Leonard Fournette, DJ Chark. Well, now that's that's a scratch that you get on the inactives. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, boy, mm-hmm. you know, well, and, he, listen, and again, you just mentioned it for for a couple of few weeks. Too. Correction. Yeah, yeah, correct. But even with like. So, for instance, with John Taylor, like right now, I mean, and listen, there's no ideal time to get COVID-19. But at least he has it right now, or at least he knows someone that has it. I want to put that out there as well. He may not have it. He may be around someone that has had it in the past, whatever the reason is. But regardless, Juwan Taylor right now, yeah. So there's probably going to be a quarantine period for him until he gets healthy. But I'd much rather have it right now for a very promising second-year guy as opposed to in training camp when the pads come on, when you kind of make your bread and everything, and when you kind of, you know, you start to gel as an offensive unit and a cohesive unit, I'd rather have him out right now as opposed to when those pads come on and that's when you get really better. You know what I'm saying? So 
I mean, there's no really silver lining with COVID-19, but at least he's not missing full padded practices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. I think uh, now it's about negative tests. That's what happened. Oh, okay, what yeah. else is going on in the building? I think this is interesting. So we got a, uh, we're got we on with the Jags PR staff today, all the media was, and trying to figure out, okay, how are we doing this? We're all navigating this together. And how are you going to cover the Jags? How are we going to cover the Jags? How are we going to cover it for you? Uh, we don't, we, we're not even getting to games, by the way. I asked a question about the games, and, and that's so far off that nobody really even knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's not even worth discussing that, which is seven weeks away, but it's really not. I mean, I, I can't give any answers. I, just for planning purposes, it's hard to plan. I, I don't know what that's going to look like. But basically, we're going to continue to look like Zoom calls with Doug Marone and players and, and things like that for the next couple of weeks. Then mm-hmm. I, I said earlier in the show, and I've been saying really for a week, look around August 12th as the time where you'll get you might see video of players on the field. You know, if you're watching CBS 47 and Fox 30 or we couldn't go out there and say, hey, this makes you look good today. You know, you might be able to do that by August 12th and it might even be a few days after that. That's part of this acclimation process. What I thought was interesting is kind of the setting. If, if I can illustrate this to you, players report, you know, you, you get the. Minshew and Fournette and guys walking in the building. Everybody's got masks going through there. And they go off to a trailer, which is just outside the Jags weight room, mm-hmm. essentially. And that's this third-party company that mm-hmm. has come in to do the testing across the NFL. And you go get your tests. And that's about it for the veterans today. Well, the rookies already did that. So the rookies who are okay to be in the building, are now in the building, can be, can also be in meeting rooms, can also be out on the field for walkthroughs or conditioning or those kind of things. They're already at that stage. The veterans that just came in today, well, they can't get there until next week after they pass physicals. Let me ask you this real quick. How many, so the rookies go in that, that van or whatever one time, like that testing center one time and they're good? No. Or is it on a daily basis? It's a three-test system, I think, over the first week. Okay. So it's basically get tested, go home, come back, get tested, go yeah. home. Wow. And then a couple more days pass, get tested one more time. And if you pass through them all, well, then you're good to go to the building. Gotcha. That's it. And okay. you also, by the way, get a tracking device because they track who you are in close contact with. Yep. So they then can alert them if you are positive. No. So that's the way that's working. Did you get the manufacturer of that tracking device we can buy stock in it right now did you <laughs> I ask did that not. question I did not. so you're slacking but it's okay i am okay. slacking so it's all good no worries the get rich quick scheme is not working go on as you're interrupting yeah okay so there's that then uh so so here's what okay i i kind of had a visual of that you mm-hmm. know the rookies are in there and they're starting to get they're starting to well, they can at least see the facility and, and talk. They can football. see where their meeting rooms are at and everything. But this is the part that's really interesting. This is what I want to illustrate. So, you know, in in uh, inside NFL buildings, you see that you've seen it on hard knocks and everywhere. You got the big meeting room, right, sure. where all the players and the coach gets up and talk. Well, then you have different meeting rooms for positions, mm-hmm. and you might have an offensive meeting, a defensive meeting, but you also might have a defensive end meeting. You might have a linebacker meeting. You might have a cornerback room meeting. Correct. So, I think people are pretty much aware of that. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the visual that struck me, is that the corners are in the cornerback room, mm-hmm. the linebackers in the linebacker room, defensive linemen are in the D-line room, offensive linemen, sure. receivers, running back, quarterbacks. All right, so you got all your rooms. They're all split up by positions, yeah. So they're split up, but that's normal. That's I mean, standard. There you go do your work in there. That's where you spend your most time as a player. When the coach talks to the team, 
the head for those coach, team meetings you're talking about. Well, yeah, or, any coach. Uh, let's just say the offensive coordinator, defense coordinator. Let's just take okay. Doug Marone because he's the greatest example. This is okay. uh, the easiest one. Doug Marone is addressing the team from his office on a virtual uh, setting. <laughs> so they have cameras in every one of those position rooms with microphones. And there's this inner feed, I assume, on Microsoft Teams of it's, it's basically a zoo, even though they're all in the building, there's basically a Zoom meeting going on in the building, not all in one room together with Doug Marone basically sitting in his office addressing the team. OK, so but let me go ahead and clarify this, though. So, OK, so it starts out with a team meeting, right? The minute you go to your defensive meetings, whatever, offensive meetings, and then you spend your most time going over film, going over technique, all that stuff. You spend that in position meetings. Yes. So now you're sitting in your position meeting with, like, let's say, six, seven other guys yep. uh, in your position. Group. I'm assuming socially distant. Socially distant, of course. The co- So... Is your position coach who sits in the meeting, is he on the screen as well, or will he be in the meeting with you? I I get the sense that the position coach will be in the meeting. That's what I get the sense. Okay. But Wash, when he talks to the entire defense, is not. Is not. And uh, uh, Gruden, when he talks to the offense, is not, because they don't bring the offense all together. They keep them in their rooms. Their rooms. Same thing with... The defense, they keep them in the rooms. So the team is never really together. So there technically, there really is no team meeting. The team meeting takes place a la a video board in your position group room. Usually a team meeting where it says, obviously, every single one of the, uh, of your teammates meets in one giant room. Yep. You sit next to each other. It's called the team room. Yeah, in, exactly. In, at Jags headquarters. Exactly. And then that's kind of, I mean, that's the first meeting of the day. That's where you get, you know, here's what today's practice is going to be like. Here's what we have to do better. Yada, yada, yada. Well, that's no longer. Now it's all position groups, and if it's a team meeting, it takes place via a video board. Yeah, that is wild. Isn't it wild? That is absolutely it caught crazy. My, it caught my attention. It yeah. was like you know that the visualization of that, which by the way shouldn't be stunning. I guess. I mean, we're all doing it. I've been on a, a, a hundred conference calls in the last two months. Yeah. And whether it's with the Jags from an interview setting, or whether it's internally here with a sales team or something. Uh, that's the way it's going. I just think it's a it's a unique. What makes it so unique is you have that visualization. Like even when we have meetings in, say, in person. Yeah, people get up and talk sometimes. But a lot of our meetings, at least in TV land and, and radio, I, I think, are around like a conference table. You sure. know, like when we meet, we'll be around a conference room. Not the head coach and coaches of the football team. We have a visualization, thanks to hard knocks and just knowing the game so much and seeing so much video on it, that up in front is Nick Saban in front of his college football team, Dan Mullen, yeah. you know, Doug Marone, Bill Belichick. We see that. We know that. Well, instead, now that person is in their office. And 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 everything's from the office, well, which is just fascinating. It's it just I think it illustrates what's going on and to what degree it's going on, uh, even though it's a very simplistic thing. And it probably doesn't change a whole lot. You can still well, get the message. No, you can still get the message. But to me, like, see, Brent, those team meetings where you have the entire you know team under one roof in one meeting room sitting next to each other. Now, I understand that violates the codes of social distancing. I'm just saying from the importance of that first team meeting, you know, obviously during training camp, 
uh, team morale can get pretty low, right? It's the dog days of summer. Everyone's depleted. Everyone's tired. Everyone's just kind of over it. And, like, that team meeting is what motivates your guys. You know, whether it's, you know, whether it was Gus Bradley, you know, sharing these crazy stories, giving up all the energy he could, whether it was Andy Reid in a meeting trying to make people laugh, you know, and kind of lighten the mood a little bit. Like, every coach has their own kind of style, but the team meeting – it under one roof was designed to kind of loosen morale a little bit and get everybody on the same page. Now, my I don't say it's even a concern, but like my question would be, can you get that same desired effect? Can you get that same desired result if you're just sitting with your position group the whole time? If you're not with your teammates sitting next to you, you know, if you're not under one roof and you don't have like that team camaraderie, I wonder if those messages are not going to hit as hard as they used to be being under one room. Yeah, I think so. That's my concern. I think so. I, I think that's fair. Uh, I also don't want to over-dramatize it. I, I think sure. there's, you know, in a strange way, and, and Kuz, I don't know if you feel this way too, but you, and you've been on a bunch of these, probably more than, than Austin has, yeah. like these Zoom meetings and stuff. Oh, yeah, I haven't done a lot of those. Uh, Austin doesn't <laughs> sign up and go to any of those things. Nah, we're all uh, good. But, there is kind of an intimacy to those that that's, I think, somewhat interesting. Now, what you're saying is if you work nine to five right now and you're, you're listening to me say that, you're like, hey, you should try about 10 of those a day and you tell me how intimate they are. <laughs> I understand. I, I get it. Yeah. I'm just saying for these purposes, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you can look at the body language of a coach that you normally would be and get fired up or get whatever. But how many guys walk out of a team meeting in the NFL and then want to go run through a brick wall? I mean, it just does. It's not like that. It's like that in the movies, but it's not like that in reality. I have. I've left a few of our meetings that were actually in person before all this, like fired up to do something. I can guarantee I haven't had that happen well, through these Zoom meetings. Yeah, you're just fired up to yeah. go use your own bathroom. And pretty much, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm going to sit on the couch now. If, if we're being wholeheartedly honest, I remember a couple meetings when we scrimmaged with the, wasn't in scrimmage, but like inter-squad practice with the Falcons. And I remember Del Rio, after one practice, was like ticked because we weren't doing that well and basically like challenged us, and right? See, and, like, yeah. and you could see it. You could feel and it. And guess what, though? After that meeting, we're like, dude, we got to step it up. Enough said. Yeah, you know? yeah. And we did. So like... I agree with you like, how much really goes into it, but I'm just saying there's a couple examples that I can give you where the coach's energy that he purveys in person, it exemplifies and it rubs off on you for practice. It I does. don't know if you can change this. That's a great point right there because you brought up like uh, like Gus, right? And, yeah. and you brought up that moment in, in Jack Del Rio, and I think of a guy like Gruden here. You can feel those guys a bit mm-hmm. when they're in front of like. Uh, you just can. I mean, uh, whether it works, whether it's effective, that's not the conversation point here. I know that's dangerous every time I mention Gus Bradley. But uh, <laughs> careful. But but let's bring up Gruden then, okay? Sure. Because you can feel Gruden. Knock with, with me. Uh, I'm talking, uh, J- yeah, John. Oh, Jake. Oh, Jake. John. No, I'm talking John. So oh, yeah, John, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Knock with me. Uh, but you can feel that. My guess is you can feel Sean McVay, right? Correct. You can feel the energy, the vibe the guy has. In a weird way, you can feel people like Andy Reid and Belichick because you, you know their personality already, and you kind of just in the room you can sense it, dude. I, and just to Andy Reid's point, like I'm telling you, man, like Andy, and I've said this story how many times. Like Andy Reid was never the rah rah guy, right? But like when he came in, he was like your favorite teacher in grade school. It was like, dude, like this is my guy right here. Like he understands yeah, us, yeah. he gets us. Let's listen to him. Let's give him some respect. Like he had that command over a locker room. Okay, so my. My guess is the McVeighs and Grudens of the world mm-hmm. are going to come across even on their Microsoft Teams meeting as that guy because energy is energy and you can feel it. I don't 
don't know if Reed and Belichick, because of their the way you feel them differently, sure, will come across that way. And so, I think the the personality guy, Pete Carroll as well, would be included in this. Mm. The personality guy might have a bit of an advantage here, whereas the guy that doesn't sit there and, and exude all the personality mm-hmm. uh, might be a little bit of a disadvantage, even if it's a subconscious one, uh, with their players. Okay, see, and, and I actually, I do a complete 180, and I disagree with you. I think guys like Andy Reid, guys like Bill Belichick, they have that advantage because they're not emotional coaches, okay? They coach from a sense of just understanding and not necessarily, like, you know, being super passionate. They're just even keel. And I think, like, for instance, if you have a super passionate guy, let's say, like a Gruden or a passionate guy like a Pete Carroll, if you were to talk to him on the phone, like, yeah, you, you can get a good idea. Like, these guys are ready to go. But when you meet him in person, it's it's like, oh, dude, I'm ready to run through a wall for you. Like, for instance, if you talk to somebody on the phone, say you, you call, I don't know, call your cable company, right? And you chew them out. So they, they messed up, and, and you're really ticked off, man. And you're super agitated, and you're passionate, and you're probably saying some things that you would regret, probably saying some things that you don't want your kids to hear, but you're saying these things. You probably wouldn't act that way in person well, that's good to, to that person that you're on the phone with, right? But since you're on the phone, since there's not that you know personal connection, you kind of say whatever you want to. But if you're standing face-to-face with somebody, it's probably going to be a little different. So that's why I think like those passionate coaches, those energy coaches, they need that human interaction, that, that, that face-to-face contact, because it's hard to get that across, I think, via Zoom or social, or, you know, via whatever, Microsoft Office. That's, whatever a good, that's a good example of it. Uh, and uh, how about when you're yelling at somebody? Can you yell at somebody through a Zoom meeting? <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? It's a good call. I mean, can you? I don't yeah. know. I mean, yeah. it doesn't – it feels – that's a good point in that sense. Maybe not even on the – I think you can kind of pump somebody up through the Zoom meetings. Of course. But can you yell at somebody through that Microsoft team meeting or wherever else, and can you feel that? Like, yeah. you, like my first reaction, if you were yelling, what are the bosses yelling? Or like, were they serious? <laughs> for sure. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, is this is guy for real right now? Well, and also, too – and. One of the worst things I hated about team meetings and one of the first things I ever dreaded was say I had a really bad practice and I messed up. And then the coach would highlight that in the team meeting. He'd actually show the clip and be like, all right, well, let's see what Austin did right here. You see how we got thrown out of the club in this play? That's We, we don't need that, guys. Let's stay low. Let's drive our feet. So, like, you always dreaded, like, you, you use as an example in front of all your peers, in front of the entire team on this film. If you do that now in the, in the, in the meeting rooms, like, yeah, sure, it'll still be on video where everyone can see it, but you're not around your, all your peers again. You're not around the other coaches. So that could have a different feel as well. It's pretty wild. Uh, and I, I guess we don't know. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. But a part of that connection, in my opinion, is going to be an important part of getting chemistry mm-hmm. and team rapport through the first few weeks until you get on the field, until you you know, free to go hit each other. Especially a young team, too. Yeah, so all that. And I guess which one does Marone fall into? See, Marone has a wittiness about him. Mm. And uh, he, he can relate a bit. But he also, I've got a feeling when, when Doug puts on his glasses and, and goes to work, he's got more that laid back mm-hmm. feel, more in the Belichick and Andy Reid and kind of category. Sure. I, as how I view him. And so, yeah, when he gets pissed off, what does he do? Jump out of his chair? 
Like, is it is just what he says what he says? Yeah. Where's the energy come from if you need to go dig in for energy? Yeah. I'm telling you, man, I, I've got to look forward to talking to Marone about it now. And oh, seeing it's if a you, great you think of these question. Things? Listen, these guys craft everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, they think of all this stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, well, I think as a speaker, when you're speaking to somebody, especially a bigger group, you can you know if they're kind of sleeping through it. Of course. Or they're feeling you. Yeah. I wonder if that's going to be hard for coaches to figure out, I guess, is my point. Well, and, and to me, it comes down to one word, and that's energy. Because, Brent, you've been in a million locker rooms. You, you've heard coaches' speeches. You've heard players talk. Like, you know there's a factor of energy, right? And energy is contagious. And now that you essentially take away the biggest part of the human interaction, it's on Doug Marone now to try to cultivate the energy in a new way. Uh, listen, I'm not sure how he's going to respond to you know these Zoom meetings or whatever you want to call them where he's talking to his team on the video board. But it's his job now going forward to try to exemplify the energy and obviously the accountability as well. Yeah, really interesting. I think it'll be a great study and, and probably uh, psychology mm-hmm. in, in a way. And again, I'll say this, much like uh, if you're sending your kid to school or, or did in the spring and had to go through that changes, the changes, and I think if you're doing it again this fall, some people learn better in different environments. Mm-hmm. We learn in different ways. And I think you can't just take a gamble that people are learning one way. You have to be no. able to complement your learn your your teaching styles, so there's learning by everybody. You're only as strong as your weakest link, so you have to carry everybody with you. Yep, uh, pretty wild. Uh, I've got a thought about teams trying to go all in in any year, but especially in 2020. And there's one team that comes to mind. It's not the Jacksonville Jaguars, but it's one you're probably rooting for that does poorly in 2020. It's on the way on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 6 Night. Now, back to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. I know they're recommending, and I, and I know they're still going through some process of, of actually looking at different uh, scenarios for those. So uh, there will be some options for the players to use those uh, visors or face masks, however they, they look. And I hope you up to them. And, and I'm, I'm happy Juwan has decided to play. He's a great young man, and, and he's going to be a great young player for us. That is Dave Caldwell, Jaguars GM. On Brian Kilmeade show on 104.5 WOKV earlier today. I assume you saw about Juwan Taylor right there. Yeah. Who, ironically, in the last hour, as uh, uh, Jaguars uh, let us know that he is now on the reserved COVID-19 list. And again, the clarification is doesn't mean he tested positive. He can come out and say if he did or he didn't. But he could have also just been in quarantine because he knows somebody who tested positive. So that's the distinction there. Hey, Caleb on Jason. You know, I've thought about this. Should I just get my own production crew to follow me around? Right. Caleb on Jason puts like a new video out of himself every three days. What, what was the shirt off again? The shirt off on the beach. I mean, you might as well, dude. When when you look like a Ninja Turtle, like you're that ripped, do what you got to do, man. So you're advising me that I should? You personally? Yeah. I mean, do you, uh, yeah, you, you seem to be in an okay shape. I mean, you, you don't you don't have the traps like he does, but it's all right. No, I mean that's what players are doing now. I think Smoot does the same thing, the right? Smoot, Where, yeah, he did. He has all, all he has those guys like production out last company. Year. Yeah, um, and uh, uh, Colin Johnson from Texas has his own YouTube he channel. He does. What's the benefit of it? It's just branding. As you know, it's just branding. um, 
it just kind of gets people behind the scenes a little bit, you know? I mean, as Jay-Z once said, uh, you're a businessman, so, like, you might as well go with that, you know? I mean, your your, your body and and your mind is the business, so showcase it there's, off. Um, there's I wouldn't some, do it, but... There's some YouTubers that, that have that, essentially, now. That's, like, the thing. It just kind of follows them around, going on vacation, doing stuff <laughs> like that. And then they'll do, like... You know, like shirt drops, right? They'll they'll release a shirt that just has one of whatever they said on it yeah. for like eighty dollars. Yeah. The, over the weekend, you know, uh, Nicole's brother is a big fan of one, so they did what they called a, a clothing drop. Yeah. These shirts, I'm talking like this, like what I'm wearing right here, just a regular T-shirt, yeah. eighty-eight dollars, sold out in minutes. Damn. See, to me, like. And listen, with all due respect to, to Smoot and, and Colin Johnson and Chase on Man, like, go ahead and brand yourself, promote yourself, get that money. But I, I can never do that, Brent. Like, I was always the guy that would make fun of that kind of stuff. Because, like, to me, like, in the off season, but of course you're working out. But of course you are. So, like, why do you need to tell everybody that you're working out? Like, hey, the muscle watch. Ch- yeah, check this out right now. Guess what I'm doing in the squat rack, putting up a lot of weight. You know why? Because I'm a football player. Like, but of course you are. If you're not, I would be taken back by it. So, like, that's why I never, you know, I, I posted the-, the selfies and things like that. But I get it, man. I just, it wasn't for me. Yeah, who, like, it's interesting. Like, I don't think about this much. And I have to catch myself when I say something. Careful. Because I tweet more than every anybody. Sure. Right, cool. and I'll throw the kids up there and what we're doing and have yeah. fun with it. And I, I thought of this a little bit more recently. I'm like, well, I kind of just do it. Just I feel like I'm interacting with our audience, right? But yeah, I, I don't know if I. But I guess in essence, somebody would be like, well, you're branding. You're you're working on branding. I'm like, yeah, I guess, but that's not my. I'm not doing that with that intent. But let's uh, be honest. Go ahead, Goose. You also have to do like interesting things, like every second of every day, like. You know, like no one's gonna want to watch a vlog of you golfing in the morning and then coming in and doing Whoa. radio. And this is my point, Brett. Like, Bro, so like easy now. Nobody. <laughs> settle oh, down. there's there, there's definitely a huge demand for that. The golfers. You, you, I mean, you you and Coos can talk golf all the time now. He's into it. But I think like in terms Following of following my round of golf around might be highly entertaining. <laughs> no, <laughs> throwing clubs, breaking but, them, listen, swearing. Brett, but here's not here's what you're not doing. Like you're not taking selfies and videos. Like, hey, I'm writing the show today. Check this out. Here's me with a pen and or on a computer I get, typing the show again. Yeah. Like you don't do that. You know why? Because it's your everyday kind of thing. Just like with an NFL player. Like yeah. You work out every single day. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. You have to uh, take care of your body. So, like, to me, um, I see what you're trying to say here, but, like, you're not taking people behind the mundane things of your everyday business life. You're, you're doing cool things. That's what NFL players are doing, too. Like, you know, Colin Johnson's on the beach or something like that doing a video. That's cool. But I just think if you keep on taking videos with your shirt off, lifting weights, there's only going to be such a need for that. Unless there's a lot of thirsty girls out there, then I'm sure they'll hit you in the DMs. Well, which mission accomplished if you want that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know I, what? That's what it's for. That's probably yeah. what it's for. I, well, I, I look at this too. I, it, it's kind of the similar conversation because, well, I live in this world, right? Like in the, in the travel baseball stuff and, and at this age. And I see it all the time from like 14 year olds and 15 year olds. Like they'll basically say they've all got Twitter handles. Yeah. Uh, now, which, yeah. which is whatever. I mean, that's fine. It's, it's the way of the world. Uh, and, I see a lot of them, not all of them, a lot of them saying like, whatever it is, class of 
2023 and, yeah. uh, you know, six foot whatever and my 60 time. That's a little bit of recruiting tools just to put it out there. GPA, they throw that on there. Okay, that's one thing. But then they'll be like, hey, uh, pitch today in, in Sanford, uh, two innings, six batters, three up, three down, topped out at 78 miles an hour. I'm like... <gasps> Is anybody watching this stuff? Like, like, are the college coaches like looking at that? Like, yeah. I, I, I just don't know. I mean, again, I'm not really criticizing it. And then again, I got to be a little careful because I'll throw the kids out doing their stuff too. But I, I'm not but just saying. Not, but uh, not for that purpose. Like, but the that's videos you work, though right? doing your thing though. You know, like it's not them. Yeah, right? like they don't have Twitter handles, no. right? Well, yet. I mean, yeah. maybe they're going to ask for one soon enough. Yeah. It's just, it's really interesting what people. But well, well it's two different a- things, right? Caleb on Chason's doing it not to get noticed from the Jags. He's already yeah. signed. He's doing it from a branding standpoint, kind of sitting, hey, I'm Caleb on Chase on. Hey, when Pro Bowls and accolades and all those things come around, yeah. maybe it grows his brand. Yep. Much like we were talking about Fred Taylor and Keenan Allen yesterday. People love behind the scenes stuff. These other kids are, you look, there's so many baseball players out there, so many football players out there. They want to show them something to catch the attention. I yeah. just don't buy that coaches are saying, wow, look at that. The guy went uh, six up, six down in a game. And, and, and one of the more Filter. Games that Check happen. out his filter that he's using. This kid's got smarts. He's a baseball player. Why am I not see him? Him throwing in 75 miles per hour in black and white looks way, way better. better. But I might be wrong. Maybe they are, especially right now, too, in this day and age. Like, the, the recruiting stuff is, oh, is off. Listen, social media is definitely a recruiting tool. But they can't go tool. to games. Like, that's the only thing they can get right now is yeah. college recruits because right NCAA has said you can't even go. You can't go recruiting. It's, it's, it's done right now. So maybe there's something to it. I, it just is... It, it's an odd thing how so, it's used. Yeah, so social media is definitely a recruiting tool. I mean, I talk to college coaches all the time, and like the first thing that they do when they're recruiting somebody is they check the the, the dude's Twitter, or they check them, you know, on their Facebook, they request them as a friend because they want to see, you know, what their thoughts are. They want to see the personality and things yeah. like that because I mean, how that, they're talking, yeah, what because, they're interacting. Yeah, because Twitter no, Twitter sense. is a mirror, you know. That I mean, it sense. really is absolutely. But now, like, listen, in terms of that's why I tell the kids you're not getting one. <laughs> <laughs> they're coming to the house to find out who you are. <laughs> we're having right. dinner, and we're gonna. To find out who As you somebody are. Somebody who can lie about you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that you can't lie about. For sure. For <laughs> sure. But like, how, how much recruiters and things like put in the stake of like, you know, this video stuff that you made? Well, I did this so and so. I don't think there's that much to it. I think it's more from a personality as it is from like your stats and your workouts and things like that. I mean, listen, that's what almost got me um, an interview on NFL Live that I was supposed to have with Sarah Walsh until Drew Brees that day took that's me right. over. Remember? But like, it was me essentially making fun of everything. It was yeah. me making fun of people that post their workout videos and, and post their schedule, things like that. Like, I found some satire towards it, and it got a great response. I, once again, Sarah Welsh is what it is. Still waiting. Still waiting. Hey, you know what? Ten years later, so it's all good, though. But, um, but... At the end of the day, like, listen, there's a fine line, I think, in my opinion, between coming off as just kind of like, all right, dude, like, we get it. Yeah, yeah. And actually being creative and, like, putting yourself out there for the world to see. Like, there's a fine line. Yeah. And I think sometimes players get a little bit too wrapped up in the, in the optics of check me working out as opposed to, dude, we get it. You work out. You're a football player. You're supposed to. Give us something else. Show us something cool. Well, and that, in fairness to you, when you were doing that, and by the way, that was in the earlier stages of Twitter, well, it, was, it the, was more about, hey, um, I'll be at... Over here getting ice cream, I'll buy you ice cream. It yeah, was yeah. less about, hey, look how many pounds I lifted today. Sure, look yeah. how many sprints I did at the beach today. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you live that. Uh, yeah. in, and, and I get that. I mean, heck, that's something that we all do now in our this industry, really. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's why we've considered getting a TikTok. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's just like <laughs> breaking down the Jaguar stats while we're dancing. I, I still say we do that, man. I mean, yeah. If we can do it, then it, it grows the brand. It does. Whatever grows the brand within reason. And sometimes you got to kind of just take one for the team. Well, no, I hear it you. It feels not so great, but, but you, know, you got to do it. But you know what, though, Brent? And this is my point, And this kind of comes full circle. Like, it's different, though. Right? Like, every single NFL player at least one time per week is going to get that squat rack, and they're going to squat. Every single week, one probably more than one time a week, they're going to bench press. You know, like, we get that, and we understand that you're working out. But what are you doing that's different? Give me something different. Give me something unique that I can be like, dang, I've never seen that before, or dang, see what he's doing there? Like, to me, it's about being unique. Like, that's where the TikTok video comes in. If you and me one day, rocking our ESPN 690 polos, are doing this dance <laughs> while we're breaking down Gardner Minshew's, you know, footage on the wall that says it all, well, that's unique. Now, it could be foolish, and we could feel kind of dumb doing it, but guess what? It's different. It's out there. Yeah. I'm for it. ESPN 690 TikTok. Oh, can you imagine, up. man, just us dancing? And I breaking still believe that we should probably start have one. Oh, yeah, we should. We probably should. If nothing else, just to embarrass my kids. That now we're talking. Now we're talking. Right? Well, you kids well, have you it right can test not. them, right? Like if they see your TikTok videos, then you go, "How? Well, how? How, how did, did you, you see do that? It? Oh yeah, I, we do that already. Okay, yeah, um, but yep. yeah. That, so that, I think that could be good. It's a trap. I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and that's, that's the whole goal. Parenting. It's great parenting, but it's also good promotion because now we make that trap go viral. Like the whole point is this: listen, we have to be super big so it's going to come across their cell phones, True. and then they can see it. Yeah, we got to utilize the kids when you can. You better believe it. Cool. You had a great story, by the way, from last week on the pizza uh, delivery. Tell it, please. Yeah, we. Uh, you know, when you get drunk, you want pizza. So that's like a Every thing. conversation crews have it's start with, when, yeah. well, when you're drunk. Hey, do you need to do intervention next week? You yeah. okay? Listen, I'm, you okay? I'm surprised Vita de Louis and Carve and Live Oak, oh, all this stuff water. is still here. It's just water, oh, it's Brent. Water. Oh, he replaced it. It's like oh, when yeah. you steal from your parents. <laughs> yeah. we, we got apple juice for whiskey, and we got water over here for Dude, this just vodka so you and tequila. Know, man, I put a marker of where the alcohol was in these bottles. Oh, believe my dad, my dad did that to me when I was younger, and I filled it back with water, and he didn't know, and he put it in the freezer. Oh, I got in so much trouble. You better believe it. Um, but either way, so we were drinking and we ordered pizza, um, and the app that I use just has my address as the default, you know, address. So I just put everything through and went, and we're sitting there waiting for the pizza to come for like two hours. And I call this place, I'm yelling at them, obviously because I've been drinking, so that didn't help things. <laughs> and then they're like, you never place an order with us. And then uh, when we got home from vacation three days later, there was a pizza sitting on our on our doorstep. There, so to the house, obviously. It went. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, said yeah. it to the wrong place. Yeah, wrong That's address. awesome. And, and you said it was eaten by some Yeah, I animals. think some things got in there. Some there were a lot of, of ants small involved. Some <laughs> well, kind of varmin. I don't want to say what kind of pizza it was. We don't want to give them any free advertisement. I mean, was it no, an expensive pepperoni? No, but was it, was it like an expensive, like what was it like a gourmet pepperoni? No, no, no. no. Okay. It, it was Listen, there's some expensive pizza. pizzas out there. It was pineapple oh, and ham. No, it this wasn't. Was... No one's going to, not even the ants would eat that. We got into a. take uh, one bite and I'm out of here. We got into a big argument while playing a card game because it was talking about fast food restaurants. Like, you know, like when you go around, you have to name different, you know, fast food restaurants. Oh, were you guys playing King's Cup? Maybe. There you go. I didn't want you guys to think I was drinking again. So. But he's playing Kings. Hey, last time I played Kings Cup was like a sophomore year of high school. Right, but go well, ahead. Cool. Keep going. We were playing that. I was playing and with I, water, Brent. Not, for yeah. fast food, I said, I said Applebee's. 
That did not go over well. So, mm, you got to have a drive-thru. Okay. Got it right? Fast food, you have to have a drive-thru. Fast food is not Applebee's. No. See, I said because they the have a to-go, on, like, man. they have a to-go area. They do. And then they're like, well, that doesn't but count now because has of everybody has it. Yeah. But I mean, you can get to-go from my house now. Yeah. That's true. First of all, don't, don't ever knock Applebee's because in oh, Murray no, State, where it was a dry county, that's like where you Applebee's. went. It's all right. Oh, yeah. it wasn't a knock. The, yeah. the, the two-for-one beers and stuff say, like that. Half price appetizers. Half price appetizers. Let's go, Brent. Let's yeah. get it, man. I mean, when I, you get off work, yeah. when a- you do work, Applebee's, cut you go. the check. Yeah, cut the check. I mean, we should be part of the mural inside the Applebee's, shouldn't we? <laughs> part of the Local the, sports. Part of the hometown feel. Shouldn't we? <laughs> Just put... Let's put our cutouts in there. Listen, that's right. Hey, we'll, we'll take care of it ourselves. My, put the cutouts my in there. My parents said you know you made it when you're on the side of a bus. What about inside Applebee's? You know you're a hometown hero <laughs> if you're in an Applebee's. We'll put no the said. cutouts there. I like that, man. Let's get it. Well, we're a big part of the community, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't want to sound egotistic or so. anything. Self-branding. Yeah. <laughs> Wait till we join TikTok. Now we're talking. All right, I never got to uh, the all-in team that uh, you should root against. But I think it's all in, and it's starting to look like they've made some miscalculations by being all in. Okay. Plus, we have some uh, training camp predictions for the Jacksonville Jaguars and other teams. Yep. Catch you up to speed on that next. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.